Welcome everyone to Flyover Footy and this week's Flyover Fallout. I'm Matt Baker, joined here with Santiago Beltran, and we're going to cover everything that happened in the FC Cincinnati match this past week. We made it happen. We survived the tornado warnings, the downpours. We got a match in, and oh boy, was it a match. Uh, St. Louis went into this match playing a Cincinnati team who was leading in the Supporter Shield. They were first in the East, and it was viewed as the third match in a series of probably the three toughest matches that St. Louis is going to go through maybe this entire year uh, with Minnesota, with Seattle, with Cincinnati, all three undefeated at the time that we were playing them. And thus far has been a pretty rough stretch for St. Louis. But we finally pulled one out as St. Louis ended this one winning five to one. So how did it all happen? Let's break it down. We had a starting 11 real quick before getting into the goals that looked with a similar formation than we had uh, back to the Minnesota, back to some of the previous games where we were successful, but with an overall new starting 11. So Berkey was in net. We had a 4-4-2 where we had Johnny Nelson, Kyle Hebert, Tim Parker, and Jake Nerwinski on our back line. Edward Leuven, Indiana Vasilev in the midfield. Jared Stroud, Rasmus Alm on the, the wide mids. And Joao Klaus and Nico Joachini as our strikers. The goals got started early. So we're going to run through all of our goals and then we'll break them all down for you. Goals started three minutes in right off the bat by Jared Stroud. Rasmus Almond earned a free kick on the right sideline and it was a completely unnecessary foul from Barrial. But Alm took the took advantage of it. And by the time we were in the free kick, Edward Leuven crossed it in. It was tipped by Klaus a little bit over the top of that crowd, landed right at the feet of Jared Stroud, who was running through the box, and he struck it into the bottom right-hand corner. St. Louis ended the goalless and ended the clean sheet streak by Cincinnati rather early, and they kept the pedal to the metal on this one. 39 minutes in, Edward Leuven, a loose ball was kicked around the midfield, switched over to St. Louis's left side, left side scooped up by Johnny Nelson. Ran the ball from midfield all the way down the left into the box. Nutmeg the Cincinnati player, passed two defenders, made a hard pass to Nico Joachini, who was able to gather himself, squared up after receiving that hard pass, and had his shot blocked, but again falling straight to one of our players, Edward Leuven in this case, who powered a shot right into the bottom left corner. St. Louis was up 2-0 going into stoppage time, but we were not done yet. Stoppage time in the first half. 45 minutes plus two, it was Kyle Hebert. Edward Leuven started this one off with a free kick from the right, bounced back a little bit to Jake Nerwinski in the central midfield deep, sent the ball in, headed by Klaus just over the box to Jared Stroud. Jared Stroud received it wide left, and he was able to cross it into the box with a strong header to the right by Kyle Hebert. And yes, Kyle Hebert was deep in the box as we were making an attacking play. Very noteworthy that he was able to get so deep in the field. Going into half, St. Louis was up 3-0. Started off rather early again in the second half. This is another theme that we're going to touch on where St. Louis started early. 53 minutes in, this time it was Nico Joachini. He pa- we had passing into our defensive left. Edward Leuven kicked it over to Johnny Nelson. Johnny Nelson crossed it up to a cutting Rasmus Alm over the middle of the field and in stride, flicking it off the side of his foot to another in stride Nico Joachini between two defenders where Joachini was able to gather himself, punched it in past the keeper, and notab- notable on this one that Joao Klaus was also pretty open right next to him. St. Louis had quite the sequence here that led to this goal by Joachini. The fifth goal was an own goal, but you could often say that it was much deserved by one Rasmus Alm. This one happened in the 57th minute. Edward Leuven sent the ball into the box from the left, headed back to the center by Yersin Mosquera from Cincinnati to a wide open Rasmus Alm just outside the box. 
a hard strike past Roman Celentano, hit the left post, bounced back off of Celentano's head, and went in for the fifth goal for St. Louis. At this point, St. Louis on a five-nothing tear. We had some we had some subs go into the game, and then Cincinnati was able to end the clean sheet hopes by St. Louis in the 62nd minute. This one was Sergio Santos. St. Louis was still attacking, pushing up the field hard, regardless of that 5-0 score. Isak Jensen, one of our subs, had the ball gathered on the left-hand side. He didn't see Pedro wide open on the left. St. Louis had pushed a really high line on this one, but it was mainly Parker and Nerwinski who were left back. A quick turnover to Baji by Cincinnati, and they led a counterattack, leading to a goal as Berkey was coming out to protect, and uh, a diving Indiana Vasilev could not save this one to go in. Scoring one for Cincinnati, and that's where it was left. Five to one. And I'm glad I got to talk about that a lot. Glad I got to talk so much because that means we scored a lot. But Santiago, take it away on what you saw out of that. And what were some of the notable goals out of the five? Yeah, so obviously five goals. That was a great game for City. Bounce back game. But a couple of things from the goals. So on look. Leuven's goal, the second goal, um, that um, when the ball was switched to the left, um, Rasmussen was part of that play. Mm-hmm. So uh, he, he he kicked it um, towards the middle, so he was part of it. And then on the fourth goal, Stroud also uh, participated. He, he was part of the beginning of that play. Uh, and I know when, when we talk about the man of the match, um, all of these things will will come around. So just wanted to mention those things that even though they are not on the assist, uh, mm-hmm. they participated on the play because I, I really think uh, Stroud and Elm did a great job on, on this game and had a great game. But just thinking about the goals, um, the one that uh, stuck out to me was that four goal, just because of that pass from Rasmus Alm, not only the way he passed it, but uh, just the field awareness, knowing that he he had Joaquini and, and Klaus uh, to the right. So uh, I really liked um, what he did there. And then you also have you also need somebody to to finish the play. So great finish by by Nico Joaquini. But as I said, Stroud started that that play after a Nelson deflection. So um, I really liked that everybody was involved. Um, Cincinnati's goal, the one thing I wanted to mention is that even though St. Louis was up five to nothing, it kept attacking and was looking for the sixth goal. Oh yeah. Unfortunately, um Isaac Jensen uh, lost the ball. I think he could have instead of trying to go through uh, the defenders, he had um Pedro yep. wide open to the left, but that resulted into uh, that counter attack. But uh, it's just it just shows that yeah, this team was up five to nothing, but it's still looking for more goals. You know, you mentioned Stroud and Alm, and I, I mentioned earlier this was the overall new starting eleven as far as personnel goes. And I, this is one of the first times we've gotten to see a real long run of form from both Stroud and Alm, especially with Klaus and Joachini up top. And you highlighted just how strong those two were in their non direct goal contribution manners. We know that Stroud had a goal and an assist. We know that Alm had a direct assist and should have had a goal probably with that fifth one. But before that, otherwise than that, I mean, those two were such key pieces 
through the duration. And and we saw there's a there's a heat map that shows the passing attack where Jared Stroud is a little more towards midfield. Rasmus Alm very much pushing very high with our two attackers. The ability for those two to overlap and underlap from each other. Oftentimes there was one pass that Alm had to Stroud where Alm delivered it from the left side. And Alm is very much a right mid, right winger. So to have him being able to deliver service, and especially even Joe Akini, where he was cutting from the right to the left across the middle of the field. He's not afraid to take Bradley Carnell's notion of you be creative in that attacking third, no matter where it takes you in the field, to heart. And it was it was awesome to finally see him. And you're right, we are going to touch on him when we get to our uh, player of the match moments. This was very much a coming out party for me for Rasmus Alm. And to see Jared Stroud work so well with him, you know, I, I don't, it's a surplus of talent, right? Because you have Tomas Ostrak, who he probably could have done just as serviceable of a job. But when you talk about what Alm and Stroud can bring to this in this 4-4-2 or 4-2-2-2, however you look at it, it's kind of eye-opening and mind-boggling knowing the depth of attack that we had. And against such a potent Cincinnati defense, we touted the Cincinnati defense ahead of time. They're five clean sheets in seven matches. They're lowest goals against and expected goals against in the league. They were a defensive powerhouse going into this. And and yes, there was an offensive miss from them where Brenner was out as he had just been announced from a transfer. Uh, Lucho Acosta was out with his shoulder collarbone injury. So there were missing pieces in their attack, but there weren't really missing pieces in their defense and their ability to, in the back line and in their central midfield with uh, Junior Moreno. So there, there's a lot to be said for what St. Louis is able to do offensively even if you take into account Cincinnati might have been firing at less than 100% offensively themselves. Yeah, and I think Carnell and, and the coaching staff did a great job starting Cincinnati and uh, picked on that back line of three. And uh, when Arias and Barreal were up high attacking, uh, City created quick transitions and uh, was able to, uh, to get a space and, and create chances and obviously take advantage of those chances. So it was a great showing by, by City. Um, I think it was a, one of those wins that it is a statement to show the league that, yeah, we, we won the first five. We had a rough patch with two games lost, but hey, we're here to stay. So uh, I really like that because Cincinnati, as you said, uh, great defense, um, not scoring a lot of goals, but figuring out how to win a lot of ones, mm -hmm. one to nothing wins, but City did a great job. And I think uh, it's a testament of what the team can do going forward. And we talked last week in our preview show about keys to the match. And some of the ones we mentioned were, we have to be successful on set pieces. We have to create chances for set pieces and we have to be quick in transition. We have to create some of those scoring opportunities in our transition, the way that we can counter press and move the ball quickly. Two of the goals scored essentially came off of either crosses or set pieces that were well-developed in the attacking third, being Jared Stroud's goal and Kyle Hebert's goal. The other two came in transition. Leuven and Joachini scored in some quick transition play, speaking both to the ability for St. Louis to identify what they need to do to be successful and target it. Because like you said, um, with, with the Cincinnati players moving high, we were able to take advantage in both of those transition moments. It was... It was St. Louis's offense that we know and love firing on all cylinders, I feel. Yeah, yeah, that was great to see, especially after two games uh, without a scoring. Um, but five goals and could have been more, um, but great, great by the team. And you mentioned how 
in the in the later parts of the second half where we saw Klaus especially moving so quickly and so late in the game. He had a 78 minute chance. I think he might have had an 89th minute chance. These were it was Klaus wanting to get on the score sheet. And so when you have one of the things that struck me is at the very beginning of the first half, very beginning of the second half and late into the second half where St. Louis has not traditionally been a high octane version of themselves. So taking 10, 15, 20 minutes to get going as far as creating meaningful chances in the second half. If we're going to face a team that can adjust to us, they're going to hit us hard at the beginning of the second half. We survived and thrived in both of those areas. But Bradley Carnell had a quote on some of these tactics when scoring early that I thought was really interesting. He said that the complexion starts to change and, you know, a 2-0 scoreline, 3-0, it can still be, if you shoot those early on, can still be a tricky result to manage to the end of the game. So I don't think we are too ignorant or arrogant or inexperienced enough to think that we'll just throw any changes and just give guys a run out who haven't really played, speaking to some of his adjustments. He says, but as the game progressed, we really wanted to get guys in, like Selmer Pedro, Akil Watts, Celio Pompeu. I wish I could have gotten him on a little bit earlier, but yeah, we know we've got some games coming up. We know we have, we've got midweek games coming up. So we wanted to make sure that we keep everyone fresh and ticking along. Yeah, just excited for the group. And like I said, a little bit of, it sticks in his 5-0. He doesn't think it was a 5-0 game. He goes on to say, I think they had one or two chances too many, in my opinion, as the game went on, but we were a little bit loose. But then if it's a 5-0 scoreline, we want to keep it that way. We want to keep the clean sheet. And that's the only thing that's upsetting him right now. So speaking to the subs that came in, wanting to get them on a little earlier, but not wanting to wanting to toe that line of you can't let up. You you know how some teams have been able to fight back and get these goals at opportune moments. So how do you draw that line of keeping your starters in the way that they're in form, keeping them in long enough, but still giving these other guys like Watts, Pompeu, and finally seeing Selmir Pedro, getting them a run out in a game that does end up like 5-0. What did you think, Santi, about how Carnell was able to manage that, that keeping guys in long enough, giving the subs an opportunity, but still not letting up, and at the end, only allowing one goal? Yeah, so coming into that second half with the score three to nothing um, during the Spanish broadcast, my my co-host and I were talking about it, and he was like, "Oh, so three nothing? You think we're just gonna park the bus and and see what happens?" Like, no, this is not this team's DNA. Yep. They are gonna they are going to continue looking for goals, and right off the bat, first play or a couple of plays into the second half, St. Louis recovers a ball and creates a corner kick uh, so yeah they right off the bat they started uh, attacking and they wanted to create those next opportunities and yeah after the team scored the fourth goal and quickly that fifth goal I think uh, that created those opportunities to give minutes uh, to guys like like Pedro which it was great to see him uh, getting his first minutes I'm hoping to see him um on Tuesday the 25th when City plays in Open Cup. I think he, he probably earned some minutes um, to start uh, to start on the Open Cup game, but but we'll see what the team decides. But that's a great opportunity because he will be at three games in one week. But yeah, it was great to see uh, not only Pedro, but Akil Watts uh, and Bradley Carnell mentioned that Celio could have come earlier, but the few minutes he was in the game, uh, he was out there running and and showing he could be a, a great asset for the team. Uh, 
hopefully he will also start during that Open Cup game. Uh, I would like to see more minutes for for Celio. And it is a competition, as as Carnell had mentioned a few times. And uh, going back to Rasmus Sound and Ostrak, like we were seeing that at the beginning of the season, like Ostrak was starting and was coming in the second half, or you will have both of them depending on what the formation was. But um, it's great to have so much depth at that position that it could be either Ostrak or Alm, or if you go with only one striker, you can have both of them. So it's great to see that the team has those options. Um, but yeah, I will have love to see um, Pedro getting an assist or... Um, he almost had Celio one too, get, right? Yeah, or Celio getting a goal. But um, but yeah, it's great to see that the team wasn't, as Carnell said, wasn't arrogant and still right off the bat continue looking for goals and looking for the result. But once that was resolved, um, he gave the chance uh, for some guys to, to come out and have some minutes and still kept the game competitive. Um, Cincinnati, besides that counter-attack, didn't really create much in the second half no they didn't and that's a nice segue into let's look at some of the team stats that happened and i mentioned at the beginning that this was a a really typical prototypical st louis style that was just exceedingly effective and it it goes back to the possession stats where st louis had 42 percent possession that's kind of their sweet spot that 40 ish percentage possession it allows them to move the ball up the field quickly making very few passes per sequence just like they're used to and just like they excel in they had uh, they they won the shots advantage seventeen to eleven. They won the shots on goal advantage seven to five. They had one of their fewest, if not their fewest, number of overall passes three hundred fifteen total passes made by St. Louis, which is pretty close to their sweet spot around the mid three hundreds, but definitely on the low end. And I think that speaks to some of those quick, effective transition moments that they were able to produce. And then on the physical side, which we know it got chippy in that match too between a lot of the players. Johnny Nelson being chief among them, Jared Stroud, Nico Joachini got into it a little bit with Matt Miazga, which was kind of fun to see from a national team experience perspective. But duels won, 64 duels won by each team. St. Louis won the tackle battle 15 to 6. And it just an overall progression, very, very kind of stair-steppy progression of XG in the first half by St. Louis as they were peppering all these shots. They only had four shots in the second half, but they had 13 in the first half leading to a consistent XG rise. They had a lot of good opportunities as they were building. We know they scored the three goals in the first half, but it led to that level of consistent pressure and consistent confidence that St. Louis had as they it carried them through the first half and well into the second. So what did you think of some of the physical, the physicality that we really saw between some of those players? Yeah, so it got a little chippy at times. Uh, another one uh, that I noticed was uh, Stroud and Santiago Arias uh, getting a couple of times into it. And uh, on one of them, they were arguing and who knows what they were saying to each other. But but I like that passion that Stroud had, has always, always brings. And um, he's so into the game and so passionate. But yeah, St. Louis definitely, as you mentioned, won that tackle battle and uh, they always bring that intensity. And um, we saw that on on one of the goals that when St. Louis loses the ball right away, is trying to to recover it and and go back on offense again. So um, everything went great for for City in the the duels. it was a, a 50-50 battle, but 
in, if you look at the tackles once 50 to 15 to 6 um, that's a that's a really big ratio for for city so that shows that that physicality and and the willingness to to always fight for the ball and recover it yeah and this, the second chances were key a lot of those headed balls that were bouncing around in the midfield it was it was good to see a very informed st louis able to recover a lot of those and move the ball but some of the players in particular i mean there are you might as well have 70 80 90 percent of st louis's team in the running for player of the match and for uh, team of the match day but in particular, I know I wanted to talk about, obviously, Edward Leuven, who was the player of the match, Nico Joachini, and, I mean, we have to focus, like you said earlier, on Rasmus Alm. But let, before we look at the, talk through some of those players, I want to say a quote from uh, Bradley Carnell, where Leuven was the player of the match. He led City in touches with 76. He led them in total passes with 48. He led them in total crosses with six. He had an assist and a goal, and that assist puts him tied for the, the league lead in assists with Tiago Almada, Leo Chu, Daniel Gazdag, and Nico Ladero. So high, high company in elite level company for Edward Leuven. But Bradley Carnell kind of focused on his defensive performance in his postgame comments, saying he was he was really good because we spoke about our sixes and the connection of our sixes with Indy and Edu. A lot of their quality comes from a lot of their quality being from Cincinnati comes from their wing backs and their 3-4-3 system. If they're dribbling on the inside, Barreal on one side, Arias on the other side, this is a big quality of theirs to create overloads. And if we shift and connect with one step too late, unfortunately, they can create some headlock. So yeah, that was a real proud moment for Edu to go as he did and get stronger as the game went on. Besides his goal, I think he was connected every single time. We speak about the weak side pivot and whatever, but yeah, he just did enough to make sure that he's defensively solid. When we won the ball in transition, he was clean on the ball. When there's a bit of an edginess in the game, then he's really strong and can ride tackles and challenges so well, as well. So it was a complete performance. High praise of what Edward Leuven was able to do in his role as a six or an eight, let alone the goal and assist contribution that he was able to provide. So Leuven, Alm, what were some of your thoughts on some of the players, Santi? Well, uh, obviously coming out party for Rasmus Alm with the goal and I guess that almost goal that ended up being a, a known goal. He was also uh, involved in, in Leuven's goal, as, as yep. we mentioned earlier. But uh, I really like what uh, Stroud did, goal, mm -hmm. assist. He was also involved in the fourth goal. And the fact that Leuven, um, with Jabulo Blom being out, obviously, Leuven now has more defensive responsibilities. And I think um, the one thing the team did well also, previous two games um, towards the second half, to me, it looked like uh, Minnesota, both Minnesota and Seattle like shot, shut down Leuven. Um, but I think this time around, the team wasn't depending so much on him, was giving the ball more to uh, Stroud at Rasmus Alman, they they responded with with goals or chances created. Uh, so I really like what what our midfield did, and I was joking uh, on our notes that uh, the man of the match. Uh, I was asking if we could give it to the whole midfield unit because uh, <laughs> they played great uh, this this last game. And and it speaks to taking some of the pressure off of Edward Leuven, right? Because he's played in, in any given game, he's been a six and eight or a 10, depending on where he's felt he might be needed. And, and Carnell has spoke to 
in times when he gets too high up the field to kind of calm down a little bit. You got to get to bring it back and, and remember, you know, what your scope of responsibility, so to speak, is. And so knowing he is capable and talented at any one of those positions, the fact that we had, especially in Cincinnati, a successful attacking midfield of Stroud and Alm to facilitate for Giochini and Klaus gave gave Leuven more freedom, I feel, to to allow himself to defend or to move forward in key strategic times to facilitate when he needed to, but to know that he didn't have to do too much. That was the big thing for me is that when you're able to give Edward Leuven this kind of freedom to move around, to fall back when he needs to, but know that he doesn't have to do everything in the attack to facilitate, that's where you really draw the best from him. And and it's it's highlighted so well, like you mentioned, by Stroud and Alm. Because Stroud, and and going to breaking news as we're recording this, uh, the MLS team of the match day came out and Leuven and Stroud both made the starting lineup for City. So two more representatives. Uh, I felt Bradley Carnell was a little um, slighted in this one as Giovanni Savarisi from Portland was the coach of the week. But I can't argue that his, his beating Seattle was impressive. And we know that they don't want any, uh, they don't want too many players from any one team to be on. So no hard feelings there, but Stroud and Leuven in particular, because of their goal and assists uh, were easy names to that match day team. But Alm hint to your point, Alm had uh, the best game of the year by far. And if you're, if you can't give it to the entire midfield, I feel we, I wanted to do a good job recognizing Rasmus Alm and, and Carnell had some quotes on him in the post game saying, we wanted to know if he can go, he has to go hundred with a hundred percent mentality and, and be free in his mind me- mentally to say that it's okay. Right? So we knew nothing was broken, nothing structural. So it was important for us to know when he's ready to go hundred percent. And I'm glad he could show it just with the qualities he possesses. He's a threat against the ball. He's a threat with the ball. He's a threat on the ball. And we got to see all of that tonight. So hearing Carnell describe him, it was almost like they were waiting for Rasmus to be ready to go mentally because physically he had rehab, physically he was there, he was ready to go. And I think this proved that after the setbacks he had, he had after the, the knock against RSL, he's he's mentally tough. He was, he was immediately ready to go. And the one underlying theme between whether it's Alm, Stroud, Leuven, or anybody is this game was delayed by over two hours. And so you had all these players with all this time on their on their hands. And Rasmus Alm in particular, if you're going into this match with that kind of, of baggage, so to speak, or thought process, you're just waiting to shrug off all of the things that have happened to you. They have to wait an additional two, two plus hours from when you're ready to go. It's hard. And he was able to rally himself, get himself right in the mind, right in the body, and produce like we saw him. That gives me all the confidence in the world that no matter what ebb and flow is going to happen throughout the season, this team is mentally capable to bounce back from any of it and deal with those pressures that happened without being able to have any foresight night of, even if it's an intangible like the weather. So massive props to all, massive props to Leuven, Stroud. You're right. The, that midfield. Hey, everybody. <laughs> yeah. They just really, I mean, they really deserved it. And we're, we haven't even mentioned Indiana Vasilev, who is kind of like the quiet crusader over here, where he he's doing everything that we needed Jabulu Blom to do, or that we wanted Jabulu Blom to do in the true six, where he's facilitating, he's dropping back where he needs to. He was the one who very nearly prevented that first and only goal from Cincinnati because he was back in that position with our two central defenders or our two defenders. So the role that he plays 
Just like I mentioned Stroud and Alm facilitating Leuven's freedom and flexibility, Vasilev is doing that on the other side, speaking to his own freedom and flexibility and ability to move from an attacking role back to a defensive six when he needs to. This team is so incredibly versatile. Yeah, a lot of versatility, a lot of flexibility on different positions that the team, the, the players can play. And uh, I had a chance to uh, talk to uh, Indiana Vasilev earlier in the week, and he said that he was, with every game, he he's feeling more comfortable playing at that number six. He said, and I learn every week, I learn every day. And by the end of the year, uh, it'll probably be different than what it is now, but that he he's getting more used to, to that position. So that was good to hear. Yeah, and, and there were some fun facts to come from this game. So if you're looking at it holistically in where does St. Louis go from here and what are some takeaways from this game aside from just everything that we've talked about is that City's 18 points through eight games are the best start through any first eight for any expansion team in MLS history. City also became the third team in MLS history to score three or more goals in five of their first eight games of a season. Not even talking about expansion teams, just in general. The other two clubs to do that the 1998 LA Galaxy and the 2018 New York Red Bulls, each of those teams won the Supporter Shield. Now, I'm not saying that we should have any kind of those expectations. I'm just saying that history is on the side of a team who starts off as well as St. Louis has been. And a little um, a little interesting fact that I dug up is too, in addition, is that St. Louis's 5-1 win is tied for the third worst defeat that Cincinnati has experienced in their five-year history, which does include three wooden spoon seasons. They lost to Minnesota 7-1 in 2019, and they lost to New York City FC 5-0 in 2021. And there are now seven total matches where they've lost by four goals. So St. Louis adding to the... Um, history, I guess you can say, of Cincinnati in not quite a positive way for them, but a fun way for us. Yeah. Hey, another fun fact about Cincinnati. They are, um, they haven't won a game against uh, an ex expansion team. And uh, speaking of uh, receiving a lot of goals, uh, last year they lost to uh, Austin 5 to nothing when when mm -hmm. Austin was an expansion team yep this year 5 to 1 to uh, City out of 5 games they have only uh, been able to get a tie and have lost four of those games wow bad expansion team themselves and not good against other expansion teams maybe it's maybe it's something about that uh that new team smell yeah and another thing uh, that happened Cincinnati was riding on a nine-game uh, undefeated streak playing on the road. They so, were, uh, yeah. You called that out really well before the game. And so they mm -hmm. had a lot of momentum. We give them all kinds of grief for the way they started their franchise and existence. But they under Pat, no Pat Noonan, they had really turned it around, and they had a lot of momentum coming to this game. Uh, dis like Even setting aside their current Supporter Shield standing, just from last year dating back to probably midway through last year, like you said, up till now ton of momentum mm -hmm. so it'll be interesting to see where they can go from here bouncing back from this type of defeat yeah yeah they uh and and both carnell and pat noonan kind of didn't feel like the scoreline was five to one yep and although cincinnati didn't create much on the second half on the first half after the game was one to nothing they had like the their best chance and um it was Something I saw it was interesting was uh, again another long ball um, behind the 
and the back of um, City's defense and uh, Sergio Santos couldn't couldn't close it up. But that could have changed the game if, if that one that had was gone in. That was the one that just went went just wide. Yeah. Berkey. Yeah. Yeah. So they yeah. they had their their few opportunities, and that was one of the ways that St. Louis had been a little. Um, vulnerable is on those transitions where we're able to, they're able to find holes between our defenders. So it was it was good that and you never know how that would have changed the momentum too. So when a when a play doesn't go your way or it does, you just gotta roll with it. Yep, absolutely. So going forward from here, we uh, St. Louis is sitting top of the table is for the supporter shield. We're sitting first in the West. St. Louis is now six two and zero, oh, six wins, two losses, no ties because that's how MLS does it: wins, lost, ties. We have a uh, 20 goals for, nine goals against. There are all kinds of first in the league as far as goals scored, goal differential, first place supporter shield. Cincinnati, though, they didn't drop too far. They're still tied for first in the East with the New England Revolution. They're five, one, and two now. They have a one goal differential, so you know they're they're still right there along those tight lines. St. Louis looks to travel to Colorado next weekend as they play Stan Kroenke's Colorado Rapids. Colorado is below the playoff line, I believe. Haven't looked into that too they, much yet. They are. They are. Yeah. Still, still down are. there slumming it with Sporting Kansas City. Only only one win this year. And guess who they beat? Sporting Kansas City. Sporting Kansas City. <laughs> so uh, It's funny hey, how they, those uh, bottom of the table teams kind of duke it out that way, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> hey, the, the Kroenke Classic. I know you guys, uh, well, or we, because I think I'm going to be on Thursday's um, recording. We're going to talk about that on Thursday. Oh, yeah. And I'll actually be at the game against Colorado, but we'll we'll break all that down on Thursday. So that's about it for our recap against FC Cincinnati. Uh, thanks for sticking with us. We'll be back again on Thursday as we preview that matchup against Stan Kroenke's Colorado Rapids. Uh, for now, I'm Matt Baker. This is Santiago Beltran, and we will talk to you later. Adios. <laughs>